Hey, guess what? The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for Trek Geeks listeners. Fansets. Our pins have character. This episode is also sponsored by Science Division, the makers of the galaxy's first interactive Tribble that you can control with your very own smartphone. Find out more about this amazing collectible and sign up for their mailing list for special offers at sciencediv.com. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun. This is Robert O'Reilly, Chancellor Garon, on Star Trek The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. And you are listening to the biggest little podcast this side of the Alpha Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks Podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. Glory to you and your house. Podfleet Command Adjudication Office, located on the 13th floor of the Podfleet Command Tower, here in lovely northeastern United States. It's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant, the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Greetings to you listeners, one and all, and welcome to the Trek Geeks Podcast. This is episode number 263, and I am your co-host, Bill Smith. It's so, so great to be here with you. Amazing to think that we're going to get to do something we always love to do on the show. And of course, that means I'm going to have help. By we, I do mean, of course, my illustrious co-host. <sighs> you know, I've come up with so many different ways to introduce him over the years. And, you know, even then, it's nothing, nothing really gives proper and adequate testimony to just how big a doofus he is. Um, he's, we love him though. We really do. I don't know why, but he's kind of like, you know, the, the cousin you don't want to talk about. Um, he's Dan Davidson and Dan, it's great to have you here, buddy. Doofus. I like that. Um, it's interesting. You've introduced me 263 times now, but you've yeah. only introduced yourself 262 times. So, I win. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's, I mean, if you want something done right, you do it yourself. Right. Um, you didn't introduce me the first time, so I'm going right. to pin that on you, well, which you could have done. I didn't see you stepping up to help I, me in episode one. I, I may not have stepped up to help you, but I didn't want to step on your toes. So I was helping that you that way. That has never been, never been in your calculus. 
podcasts ever. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Uh, you know, doofus or not, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Um, it's great to be here, as always, as we gather to talk Star Trek, as we do every single week. It's so fun. We have a great time every time we do it, and this week is no exception, and I'm going to tell you why. Would you like to know why, Bill? I'd love to know why. All right. Well, you know what? It's a fan favorite. It's back. It's see it, see it, see it. Or skip it, skip it, skip it. We're doing it again. COC. I love COC. And you know what else I love? Enterprise Season... Well, I might not love Enterprise Season 1, but you're <laughs> going to find out because we're going to be talking Enterprise Season 1. Very excited. And I'm even more excited that we're going to welcome a great and dear friend to the podcast to talk about Enterprise Season 1 because she's been doing a lot of talking about Enterprise herself over on Discovering Trek Enterprise. Of course... I talk about the co-host of Discovering Trek Enterprise and the co-host of Trek Rewind or Trek Rewind, depending on where you are in the world. It's actually just called Rewind. I like to say it the other way. Okay. All right. It's kind of like Star Trek Enterprise and then Enterprise. You know, whatever. But it's Sarah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm very, it's Sarah, I'm very excited to welcome back Sarah because now I'll have somebody to talk to who I actually like talking to. So it's a win-win for Dan. Wow, that was the longest explanation of who the Gust is, I think, in the history of Trek Geeks. That clocked in at just over seven minutes and five <laughs> seconds. It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> you know, so many people ask us, when's the next theater skip it going to be? When's the next theater skip it going to be? And, and if you think about it, Dan, we're really kind of down to the last seven. There's mm-hmm. four seasons of Enterprise, mm-hmm. or the last six, and two seasons of the original series, which we have not done. And that's it. That's the end of See It or Skip It. We don't want to do Discovery? Every episode with Discovery <laughs> is a See It. It tells... <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's an arc. Okay. You can't skip one. All right. Wow, so now I'm sad. There's only seven <laughs> left. I mean, let's start over. Six. Let's six. do Star Trek T- TNG Season 1 again after we do this last... This last see It or Skip It Revisited? <laughs> see if any opinions have changed. I, be, I find it boring. hard to believe. Yeah. Maybe we should just do an episode of all the skippets <laughs> oh, per season and see if our, our opinions have changed. I like that idea. Okay. Kind of like Rewind used to do, right? Or Rewind. Rewind. Trek rewind. rewind. Well, it's Rewind if you're in <laughs> Canada. It's yes. Rewind if you're in, in, in the Ameri- in America. Oh, my goodness. Um, so we've got four theater skippets coming this year throughout the remainder of 2021. Mm-hmm. This is the first one, Star Trek Enterprise Season 1 or Enterprise Season 1, because that's what the show's name was at the time. And we are we are excited to do it, mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, Dan, if you want to tell people how they can get in touch with us to tell us their favorite Enterprise episodes or what they might see or skip, that would be grand. I'd be happy to do that. We definitely want to hear from you. And the best way to do it is to get yourself the Trek Geeks mobile app for your iOS or Android device. You can download it and tap on the more button for a variety of ways to get in touch with us. And while you're at it, you can check out our brand new app exclusive shows that you won't be able to get anywhere else. Just head on over to trekgeeks.com app to get all the details and have fun because the app is fun. Plus, don't forget about the most positive Facebook group uh, that there is. It's Camp Kittimer. It's the official Facebook group of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Uh, There's no trolling. There's no gatekeeping. We only allow people to celebrate what they love about Trek. So we want you to join. Just head on over and search for Camp Kittimer. We'll let you right in. And as always, we want to thank our wonderful admins, Haley, Jackie, and Fark, for the amazing job that they do running the camp. But as always, you know, these, you know, we have to do these disclaimers, Bill. It's the law. Please remember that in the comments, leave it in any places. Maybe using a future episode. 
And if you slow that down and play it backwards, it actually sounds intelligible when Dan talks. It does. It ran r- r- backwards. Goes I killed Paul. So little Whoa, this reference in there. Dark. <laughs> I want to remind people if you were you know coming out to Camp Kittimer and wanting to join the group, please remember to answer the questions. Yes, very important. All of them. There's not many. There's there's three and there's three. Uh, there's one that Facebook puts on there to be sure you've read the rules. Right. So you got to go hit all four or else you, pretty much you don't get let in. So we just want to remind people, mm-hmm. please be sure to answer all the questions because we'd love to have you in the group. I would have read um, that if somebody had put it in the copy. So anyway. Well, it's just there's been a whole spate of them. Maybe you could write the copy yourself for a change. Okay. Dan, we have just under five weeks to go. How many? Until five. Wow. Count them. Undu Twa Katsink. One, two, Until three, Las sir. Vegas and the Creation Entertainment 55-year mission tour. And, you know, as a public service, we're here to help everybody get ready. I mean, if you've never been to this con, or even if you just haven't been in a few years, like, say, everybody, um, <laughs> we're going to provide some help in how to successfully Vegas, Dan. Yeah, it's, it's important to know, um, to have just some pointers as to what to do and what not to do and who to talk to and how to talk to him and when to punch Bill in the face. It's all really important stuff. So we thought it would be really important to once again welcome Mr. Convention himself, Ron Robel, to the discussion to talk about Vegas prep. As Bill said, we're only, we're less than five weeks, Ron, from the big event. Welcome to the show, buddy. Unbelievable. It is going to be here so quick. I find that when the 4th of July comes, it's just, you blink and it's, it's August already. Uh, it, it really is to the point where um, I, I need for it to be tomorrow um, <laughs> because I'm, I'm not ready. My wife is ready to just kick me out and say, go to Vegas anyway, like Good. right now. Yes. Um, of course, then I'll be homeless. But um, <laughs> uh, what do I know? But no. this week, guys, we're going to talk about people. More specifically, where do I meet other Star Trek fans, and, and that may seem like a daunting task, or or maybe something that might seem like second nature, but Ron, when you're at a con that big, it can seem like uh, something you, you might be afraid to do. Absolutely, but I will tell you, literally, everywhere you look, there's people to talk to, and it's right. such a strange, there are a few places where you'll see so many people, they're excited to talk about the exact same thing. Just as excited as your dog, actually. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm thinking. It's funny that, that, that you say that, Ron, because you're right. There are people everywhere. No matter where you look, there are people that are there for the same reason. And uh, I'll say it. I'm, you know, I'm pretty outgoing. I'll, I'll walk up and talk to anybody pretty much. But there are times when you just don't really think that you can do it. But wherever you look at or 55-year mission tour, there's someone who shares the love that you share, and it's easy to talk to them. You know, I got to tell you, one time, and this is before you started coming to Vegas, Dan, I was standing in line to get the autograph for Jonathan Frakes in the dealer's room. And at that point, the line <clears throat> wrapped out into the hallway by where the uh, the original series bridge is now. And the guy who got behind me in line had a bunch of stuff to be signed. And I said, wow, that stuff is kind of cool. He goes, yeah. He's like, where are you from? I said, New Hampshire. He goes, hey, wait a minute, I'm from New Hampshire. I met somebody who lived one town over <laughs> at the Vegas con, and now I see this guy there every year. Um, so I guess my first tip would be don't be afraid to talk to people standing in line because you're all there for the same reason, Ron. 
Absolutely. And it's everybody's got uniforms, everybody's got pins, everybody's got things that are just so easy to make conversation with. Somebody has the Picard Delta. Hey, is that your favorite series? What's your favorite episode? It's so easy to pick up conversations. And there's just so much happening. Everybody's such a part of it that it's easy to, you all have something in common, and that's Star Trek. And who doesn't love talking Star Trek? You know, it's a great example to, to kick it off, Bill, for where to meet people standing in line, because let's face it, you're going to be standing in line at some point. <laughs> a lot so, of lines. So strike up that conversation. For me, I'm going to go there because everybody expects it. You got to go to the I-Bar because <laughs> the I-Bar is fantastic. Now, anybody who's been to to the Rio and the convention, there are, there are several bars, and we'll talk about other ones in a minute. But um, the one right at the entrance to the hotel is called the I-Bar. Um, it's smaller, um, but it's where we pretty much are every single night. Um, and it's a fantastic place. Um, people walk up and say hi, and we, you know, cast members will come up and say hi and sit down and have a drink. It's, it's a fantastic place, at least for me. I know it is for you too, Bill. And Ron, what about you? I love it. You know, I'm, I've stayed at the Gold Coast the last couple of years. They have a great TGI Fridays, and there's so oh, many yeah. events that are happening in these bars, too, so many informal get-togethers. Um, there's a few Facebook groups that are really great to join early on and get to know people beforehand. Um, the Star Trek Convention Experiences Group, which I'm an admin of, so a little partial to. Um, Star Trek Las Vegas, USS Rio. Um, really great resources to get to know people ahead of time. Absolutely. And, and that's, I think that's really key because, you know, in, in being a part of these groups for some time, you get to see some of the same people post time and again, you get used to them, and then maybe you look forward to potentially meeting them. Um, and, and I think that's kind of the interesting thing because, you know, social media allows us that distance and all of a sudden, we're all not going to be so distant. Um, although it occurs to me, I might have to change my profile picture, Ron. I would definitely suggest, yeah, everybody should have their picture up there. I'm so bad with faces. I will tell anyone that's listening, if you see me and I act like I don't know who you are, we've talked a whole bunch on Facebook. I'm face blind. It's embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Your face is so bad with face pictures. Wait a minute. (laughs) No, that was to you, Bill. (laughs) Fun story. 2019, when I saw Dan, I did not see Dan. I heard Dan's voice. I said, that's familiar. I totally know who that is. And then your spine Find started to decalcify. Is that <laughs> correct? The face. What? That, uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And in fact, I didn't run into you at all, Ron, which was amazing. Right. I don't know how that happened, but it did. It's so um, funny. You'll see the same people over and over again and other people you will not see the entire week. No, it, it really is because there are people who said that they were at Vegas last time and I had no recollection of them being there, which really is kind of mind blowing. Um, one of the things that occurs to me is not everybody may be comfortable with somebody just walking right up and saying hi. Right. I'm a Star Trek fan. What's your name? Because of whatever reason. I mean, maybe it's outside of their comfort zone. Perhaps they've experienced some some kind of trauma or other situation in their life. Um, what's the best way possibly to deal with that? Because you never know who might not want to make new friends. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, that's a tough I don't, one. I don't know either, so I'm giving that one to Ron. <laughs> I think just being tuned with social cues, you know, you can tell if somebody is, you know, one of the things I, I have, the, I'm so socially awkward, and if I'm uncomfortable situation, I'm going for the phone. I'm looking at the phone. I'm engrossed mm-hmm. in my phone. Um, and I think, you know, look at social cues, see what people are doing. If they're open to conversation, jump right in. If they're not, move on to the next person in line. There's so many people to talk to. That's a great point. I didn't even yeah. think of that because, one, I'm not that bright, and two, Dan just makes me go crazy. Um, I've had people, you know, say, 
we didn't want to come say hi because we didn't want to bother you, Dan. And and I, I think I speak for you, Dan, when I say come bother us. We'd love for people to come say hi to us because we just love to meet all kinds of Star Trek fans. Absolutely. And I got to say, not only for us personally, absolutely, come and bother us. We love to be bothered because I bother Bill so much. So it just kind of oh goes God. full circle. But but And I don't want to put anybody on the spot. I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. But, oh my God, you cannot have that mindset if at all possible because i unfortunately did that with a couple of star trek fans i didn't want to bother them i didn't want to do it and they have since passed and i never got to have the opportunity to talk to aaron or to really have a conversation with renee and it's something i will regret forever so come and come and bother us come and say hi how you doing you know like i said before punch bill punch me i don't care but we want to we we'd love to to meet everybody so yeah this doesn't have to come to violence Uh, well you know uh, you know just it's exciting yeah no it's really (laughs) exciting i mean there are plenty of other locations at the rio too if you're looking to find people ron um i would imagine that ibar and masquerade any other places that come to top of mind masquerade's fun even the convention hall there's always something going on over there um i know this one of the starbucks is open 24 hours a day so if you're not a drinker there's always people over by the starbucks um yeah, there's all that that venue is huge, but there are people everywhere, and Star Trek fans stick out. Everybody's got a T-shirt, everybody's got a uniform. It's so easy to tell who's there for the event and who's not. <laughs> That's a great point, um, Dan. There may be one particular place during the con on mm. Friday night, say August thirteenth, mm. at Tommy yeah. Rockers, uh-huh. where people can meet all kinds of Star Trek fans. Have all you heard of this? I kind of have heard a little bit about it. You can meet all kinds of Star Trek fans. You can win all kinds of fan sets prizes. I'm not even joking. And that's the fan geeks party. You said it, Bill. Friday, August 13th at Tommy Rockers. That's going to be a great atmosphere because everybody there loves Star Trek. Everybody there loves fan sets. Everybody there can't stand Bill or I. So it's a win-win-win as far as I'm concerned, right? What? I I feel assaulted. Hey, you know what? It's not an assault if it's the truth. Okay. So, Ron, (laughs) I guess what we're saying is the bottom line is just about everywhere. That's mm-hmm. where you meet people at, at Vegas. And get out of your comfort zone. Say hi to people. Engage. Talk. It's so it's so easy. It's such a fun group of people. Well, you know what? That's a great point. It is a fun group of people. And, you know, don't forget to get your tickets for the con because you're going to want them. I know discount tickets went on sale today through Gold Star. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the link is in the Star Trek Convention Experiences group. It's on Twitter through the Shore Leave podcast. Um, but... Get over to creationent.com today. Get all the info for the con. It's going to be a great con, and you're just not going to want to miss it. Dan, it's that time of the show. One of the times we love the most because it's when we get to thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Yeah, you certainly said that correct, buddy. We love Fansets. We love the merchandise from Fansets, and we know that you will too. So head on over to Fansets.com right now to see all of the incredible pins that they have available from all kinds of genres like Scooby-Doo, DC Comics, Harry Potter, and of course, Star Trek. Uh, They're constantly working on new pins, and hey... 
Just a secret heads up for all you Trek geek listen type people. Uh, Fansets might just possibly have a surprise new release this coming Friday, July 9th. So keep your eyes peeled on all their social media sites and Fansets.com for the big news. Surprise releases are always fun, Dan. We've seen what's coming, and believe us, you just don't want to miss out. (laughs) So, I mean, you know what I'm going to say. Head on over to fansets.com, put a bunch of pins and accessories, or even a gift card or two into your cart uh, for your special podcast co-host. Wait a Mm. second, who wrote this copy? Oh, wait a minute. I thought you said I didn't write copy. (laughs) Ha ha, that was me. I I amend that statement. You write terrible copy. (laughs) But at checkout, Use this week's special discount code word SHOCKWAVE, that's S-H-O-C-K-W-A-V-E, in all capital letters with no spaces, for 10% off your entire order. Now, this offer is going to be good until July 14th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Plus, don't forget, when you spend more than 30 bucks on Fansets.com, you will automatically get free shipping within the United States. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends for Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. So, I gotta tell you, if you haven't checked out the Galaxy's first interactive triple from Science Division, then you're really, really missing out. You really are. This officially licensed triple is really an amazing high-quality Star Trek collectible, which we know you're gonna be proud to add to your collection. Dan and I both have one. We truly love our Tribbles. And I mean, you can't really appreciate this thing until you see it firsthand. So much work and creativity went into creating the Tribble 2 right down to the softest fur you could possibly imagine. Plus, I mean, the sounds the Tribble makes, yep, they're straight out of the original series. You're going to swear that this Tribble was delivered straight to your door from Space Station K7. Believe me. It's amazing. Jane Kalia did an amazing job. And the Science Division Tribble has its own app that you can use to control the Tribble. It isn't necessary, but it's a ton of fun to make it scream at people like annoying podcast co-hosts. But like everyone wants to know, Bill, you want to know this too. It's great. You need to buy one. You know why? 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 Because Tribbles are not dangerous, my friend. Son of a... So, well, head on over to ScienceDIV.com right now to pick up one of the Galaxy's first interactive Tribbles for your very own. Plus, while you're there, check out their new and improved shop accessories section where you can get all kinds of Science Division swag, like t-shirts and mugs, or even, Dan, the legendary Science Division tote bag. Legendary indeed. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun. And we thank our friends at Science Division for sponsoring this week's episode. Hey, if you're looking for some great Star Trek t-shirts or even some other gear to add to your life, then be sure to check out the Trek Geek store on TeePublic. In addition to our own merchandise, you can directly access all of the officially licensed shirts on the TeePublic platform just by going to shop.trekgeeks.com. And when you use that link, you're automatically helping to support the Trek Geeks podcast network with every purchase, whether it's from our store or not. With over 150 designs available and new merchandise being added all the time, you are bound to find something perfect for the next Trek Tuesday. Plus, TeePublic constantly has special sales and discounts, so you'll want to check back often. It all starts by going to the Trek Geek shop today at shop.trekgeeks.com. Well, Dan, here we are. Um, we're back in the saddle because we're doing one of our favorite things here on Trek Geeks, and we're going to do the first of four see it or skip it's in 
2021. And I'm excited. I'm very excited. It's been a long time. It's been a don't, long row. I <laughs> freaking do it. It's just every single time we talk about enterprise, it's just right there for me to hit a grand slam with. But no, I won't do it. I'm 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 more excited about our guest. I mean, we're doing it's, see it or skip it. Go ahead. It's a grand slam only if you're playing T-ball, my friend. <laughs> I probably would strike out at that too. Um, but uh, you know, I'm more excited about the guests that we have. Um, well, you know what? I'm just as excited. See it or skip it is is our favorite. It's our listeners' favorite. I think it's our guest's favorite, if I'm not mistaken. You know, you can hear her mellifluous tones on Discovering Trek. You can hear it on Trek Rewind. And she is here to talk Enterprise Season 1, See It or Skip It. It is the lovely, talented, and very courageous, and very warm and hot in Canada. Sarah, how are you doing, Sarah? Hello. It's so good to be here. But I want to go back to the Grand Slam thing, because I don't know if you've heard of this place called Denny's in the Grand Slam. <laughs> we like, have, no, we're, yeah. no, we're talking about that's the Grand Slam. That's a Grand say Slam. So. All right. No. But uh, I was more of a moons over my hammy guy myself. Honestly. Oh. <laughs> that's an actual Sampler. dish. That's an actual dish at Denny's, Dan. OK, I don't I, go to Denny's very it is. It's I know a, about it's, the Grand Slam. It's the kind of thing you want to have at like three in the morning, um, which I have done before. Oh, in my twenties, when I worked for uh, a particular national pizza chain, that was a uh, long time ago. It was a long time ago. <laughs> God, thirty years now. Oh my God! Wow. But uh, but yet we digress. So Sarah, you have the unenviable task of refereeing this episode of Theater Skip It. This entire <laughs> episode is in your more than capable hands. And of course, I say more than capable, meaning you're doing ten times better than me and Dan. So you've got to be the right person to do this. Um, and do you think you were ready to accept the challenge? I was born ready. This is the moment I have been training for, for at least the last week. It's kind of like in Rocky <laughs> four when he's, you know, training in the snow to fight Drago. Yes. That's what you've been doing up there in Canada. Yep. And damn it. We're proud of you. She would break except, us. Except the heat wave, not, not, not the snow. Yeah. yeah. Snow melted. So to refresh everybody's memory, if this is the first time you've heard of Theater Skip It, we are going to go through and review a season of Star Trek. In this case, Star Trek Enterprise Season 1. We're going to go through all 26 episodes. And at the end of each one, we're going to all decide whether we would see it or skip it and why. It's really just a fun way to look at the entire season. You know, the dirty secret is it's Star Trek. We're going to watch it anyway. But this just kind of lets us call out some comments and some of our favorite or not so favorite episodes, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. And we always have a good time. We always have interesting uh, agreements and disagreements from time to time. And um, it, I, I got to say, I can't wait to hear what you guys think about Enterprise Season 1. I have my um, opinion on it, which people will become more and more familiar as we go through with every episode. But it's going to be fun. That is for sure. No lying. <laughs> hey, don't lie. No lie. The listeners Lying's hate it when good. you lie, Dan. I, I know. Sarah, you've watched season one of, of Enterprise so far in the commission of doing Discovering Trek Enterprise, and you had not seen Enterprise before, correct? False. Okay. I, I watched Enterprise season one when it first aired. Okay. And then I never watched any more of it. So <laughs> now that I've caught up for see it or skip it, I will be embarking soon on season two for the first time. So you so were like 10 when you watched the first season. I was 20. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. 21. By the, whatever. by the way, happy belated birthday, Sarah. Yes. You. 
Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It was just the time frame of for that to be said because of, you know, yeah. time differences. So I appreciate yeah. it. Dan so forgot good. altogether, so don't mind him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah, you get to go through the season however you want. You can pick who goes first. You can mix it up if you want to or alternate. It's all up to you. But for now, we leave it in your, um, uh, well, management. Um, you get to right. start start us off. All right. Well, for our first person, I think I'm going to bring surprise guest Scott Bakula onto the Zoom. <laughs> Do you imagine? Oh, man, next year. Dan thought it was really going to happen. <laughs> I was like, say what? <laughs> He's actually my uncle, and I got him here today. To... <laughs> no, I think I think we're just going to start it right off uh, with, obviously, episode one from season one, Enterprise, because that's why we're here. And I'm just going to do this alphabetically, and I want Bill to just start us off. It is called Broken Bow or Broken Bow, depending on where you're from. <laughs> and it, and it, uh, it's got a little bit of a description here. It's uh, Enterprise NX-01 is launched and Captain Archer finds himself in the middle of a temporal cold war involving Klingons and Suleiman. Dun, dun, dun. Well, I'm going to say for this one, see it. And that's kind of a departure for me because I think this is just an okay pilot at best. And I'm inclined to say skip it uh, if I think about it too long, only because I think the episode itself is an hour too long, Dan. So it, it, it's a see it because it's the first episode. And really, that's that's the only reason. I think one of the rules that we've had, it's not a rule, but uh, every I, I think every premiere episode of a series has been a see it for both of us. So I have to go back and look, but um, I'm going to give this one a see it. Uh, I, I thought there were a lot of good feels in this one, you know, from the meeting of each new crew member which I thought was great to the instant love affair with the NX01 because she is gorgeous. Um, I just, I, I like a lot about it. I really like the enterprise uh, in this series. Uh, the retcon regarding the Klingons can be a bit iffy and I'm sure retcon is going to be a lot of conversation points throughout the four seasons of Cedar Skip It, but I still like this premiere. Uh, you're right. It's not the best of the, of the premieres that uh, are out there for the Star Trek series, uh, but I'll give it a see it. What about you, Sarah? It is a see it just very barely, just like um, like Bill said. It's uh, it's only because it's the first one. It's probably my least favorite pilot episode of the series out there, um, and I just remember being so excited for it to air, and just instantly being disappointed by everything. Um, and second time around, kind of kind of the same. I, I kind of feel where you're coming from, from there. I, um, I, it doesn't bowl me over. Um, it's funny, Dan, you described it as a love affair with the NX-01. I didn't have that feeling for the NX-01. I looked at that ship in and I thought it was, uh, I, I, I it was not my favorite. Quite frankly. Well, let me, let me add a little bit to mine. That was, I'm not saying that that's what I felt like 20 years ago. I hated the NX-01 when it first premiered 20 years ago. But over the course of watching the show and then doing a rewatch and especially looking at a couple of things over the last couple of years with Enterprise, I love it. I absolutely love it. I've kind of gotten over the, well, this looks too modern because when you look at the 1701, that you know, I've gotten over that. Um, and I, I really think she's a sexy ship. Mm, that's how yeah. I felt about the theme song. The minute that song started, I was like, hands up, this is it. I'm already (laughs) mad. But as time progresses and you see 
people singing it after a couple of adult beverages in, in Star Trek Las Vegas, you suddenly start to think, okay, you know what? Not so bad. Now I'm like, I love it. Do, do we though? Do we? <laughs> um, <laughs> normally, normally at this point, I would have the results from Camp Kittimer. I don't have them for tonight. Um, so what I will do after we post the episode is to go through and post the actual results from Camp Kittimer in Camp Kittimer so that people can see it. Uh, so that's on me. I've been uh, I've been spread over way too many areas lately, and I just forgot to get them. So uh, unfortunately, we do not have those, Madam MC. You know what? I have faith of Here the heart that oh, you will God. get that done. <laughs> Killing me. Never, never to be asked to come back. That's the goal. <laughs> never, um, never. Show canceled. <laughs> so now we're on to episode six. Is that right? Because episode uh, no. three. I <laughs> know. <laughs> this one is called Fight or Flight. Sato faces her fears on an alien ship whose crew was murdered while Lieutenant Reed tries to upgrade the ship's defense system. Well, who gets this one? Dan. Dan. All right, Damn. well, I'm going to give this one a see it. Um, for me, I thought it was good to come right out of the gate to see that these crew members are not superhuman and they all have fears. And I think that uh, Hoshi really was the the weak link in this episode, showing how, you know, how scared she was about everything. And I kind of like the ghost story aspect of it because it was kind of a ghost story-ish uh, theme to it. Um, and I thought it was a good Sato episode kind of focusing on her more than anybody else. So I gave this one a see it, Bill. Um, I gave it a skip it, which is probably one of my earliest skip it's in a season mm. uh, ever. I, I just, I really just don't like this episode. I don't like this trope that we get into with Hoshi early on where she's afraid of, of everything. She's supposed to be the best at what she does. That's why she's aboard. Um, and if, if she's too scared to be out there, then maybe she ought not be out there. But I, I think that the writers rely on that too much as a crutch in season one, and they don't let her shine enough. And I think that's probably colors my perception on this episode. Uh, my dislike of this episode, contrary to popular belief, has nothing to do with the name Axanar, although <laughs> that doesn't help, Sarah. <laughs> I gave this one a see it. Um, I like a little bit of a scare. And I thought that there was some kind of good scary vibes at the beginning. And of course uh, there's sluggo. So, you know, cute <laughs> pets galore. Lots of pets. Lots of pets. I actually think that it's interesting, Bill, that we have extremely opposite views of that whole Sato being scared in this episode. I actually kind of liked it while you kind of didn't. That's kind of cool. I mm -hmm. thought it was a little over the top. I don't mind if she's, if she's got some fear, but I just, it, for me, it was, it was way more than somebody who has been cleared to work in space mm. ought to have knowing that they're going to see things they've never seen before. Good point. But in her defense, at least it wasn't uh, like Barkley style. Um, true. Very true. Here. You know, little, I'll agree to that. a little bit different. Thank you. You will. Cause I'm in charge. I'm the <laughs> captain now. That brings us to episode four, 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 strange new world. A storm traps an away team in a cave on an alien world and pollen spores cause them to experience psychosis. What do you think, Bill? Well, Sarah, I think this one is, is a skip it. 
I hated this episode when it first aired and I am not really a fan of it now. I'm going to say these words that are going to annoy a lot of Star Trek fans, but hallucinating trip is boring television. This episode peaks in its emotion way too early and it stays there and it causes me to disconnect from it. If they'd save most of that for act four and built up to it, I think it would, would play as a better episode for me, Dan, but right now it's a skip it. Hallucinating trip. Come on, captain. Anyway, um, I gave this one a skip it as well, actually. And uh, my description for it is, oh, yawn. This is haunting of deck 12 on enterprise in a cave telling a story around a campfire like haunting of deck 12 on Voyager. So <laughs> there was nothing new here, nothing that I really liked about it. So uh, this is my first skip it of the season, Sarah. Well, I'm going to be the weird one to say, see it, but only for one specific reason to Paul. I really felt for her a lot in this episode, <laughs> that painful, get me out of here vibe yeah. she had and i just relate to that a lot in 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 work um right now <laughs> right now so, not with you guys but it's just it, that scenario comes up sometimes and i'm just like oh somebody give me the strength so you know i i didn't think i liked her character the first time i watched the series and the second time i've been watching the season one i've fallen in love with her and so this may be the first episode that started that love i can respect that i mean T'Pol is a very strong character in this episode. The fact that she gets to essentially shoot Trip, I think, is pretty awesome. Um, because I'd love to shoot Dan on stun. Hey, oh, or maybe worse. I was gonna say you would have vaporized going. Whoa, as the person in charge, guys, simmer down. Oh, sorry, before I it like gets it. really bad. I, yeah, let's Bill, move it along. Bill, I like this one. <laughs> <laughs> you, you think you're gonna like this episode? This is episode five. Unexpected. Tucker, it's so unexpected. It's so unexpected. Tucker is helping an alien crew fix their engines, has an interspecies encounter in a holodeck, and returns to find himself pregnant? What? All right. Dan, start hmm. us off. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a skip it for me. I have never liked this episode at all. Not even the origin of the holodeck can save this episode for me. And I really felt bad that Connor got dealt this hand right off the bat in the series because it's just, oh, I just, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. And uh, I have nothing else to say on the matter, Bill. Well, I guess that means I have to continue where you left off. I'm going to say it's a skip it as well. I get that they wanted to make this show different and show some things that absolutely wouldn't happen in any other Trek. The problem is they happen in this Trek and it's just not good. Some ideas should just be abandoned. And this whole idea of Trip getting pregnant and how and why really just is, I think it's forced. I think it's written poorly even though I hate saying that because I, I, I don't like to say that about writers, but I just, uh, I think this is one they could have left behind on the schedule, Sarah. Oh my God. I am being too generous this time because I said, <laughs> see it, but it's, I have a lot of butts in this one. This but, is a tortured, tortured, see it because part of me, I hate the whole Tucker pregnant. He's a victim <laughs> essentially of an asexual assault and it's yeah. not comedy and it's not a good story but i love the uniqueness of that species that ship and everything about it i personally felt like i've never seen anything like it with that ship and just the way they interacted and eat the well like that thing was really really cool and it was 
kind of funny. So I guess it's the 50-50. It's a see it with your button, fast forward, ready at the uh, waiting. <laughs> Very awkward see it. <laughs> That's really interesting because here we are, you know, in the first four, you know, entries in Theater Skip It. Sarah, you're four for four. Yeah. Dan, you're two for four at 50%. I'm one for four at 25%. Yeah. Um, so well, a very, very different. different, you know, mm-hmm. view of this series so far, just between yeah. the three of us. I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like it. All right. What's up next then? We got uh, episode number six, Terra Nova. Enterprise is sent to learn what happened to an early human colony called Terra Nova. Bill? Well, here we are. Ah, oh, boy. You know, it happens at least once a season, and I'm here to declare that it's happening right here, right now. Get ready. Because this episode, Dan, is see it. I'm sorry, skip it. Definite skip it. Meh. That's really all I feel about Terra Nova. I don't care. I I wish all these people would just go to the oversight already. I'm done. Okay. Well, I'm going to read exactly what I put in my notes before knowing what you put in yours. And I also gave this a skip it. I said it was slow paced. Nothing to see here. Shall I even attempt to use my illustrious co-host's finest description with a big old meh? So that might be my first meh off of your first meh. So what do you say, mess, Sarah? I am amazed to have witnessed this moment. <laughs> I'm also going to give it a skip it. It's my first skip it. Dun, dun, and dun. I simply wrote kind of dull, kind of boring. Didn't even yeah. want to elaborate on it. I was so done. I think this episode had potential. The idea of a human colony that far out. Granted, we've seen that a hundred times before in Star Trek, but it would be yeah. the first time we've seen it, you know, in the timeline. Um, and I, I really think they just wasted the opportunity. You know, Bill, I'm glad that you said that because I find that there are several episodes in this series, exactly what you just said, potential and potential lost. Just going to leave it yeah. at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, Okay. Congratulations right. on your first skip, it, Sarah. Let's... Thank you. It felt good. <laughs> um, episode seven, the Andorian incident. Archer, Tucker, and T'Pol are taken hostage by Andorians in a Vulcan monastery called Pajem. Bill? Here's my question. Hmm. If people at Pajem are getting ready for bed, are they getting into their pajamas? Dun, dun, dun. Thank you. Thank you. I'm actually, actually gonna really call, like that. Thank you. I'm going to call this episode to see it. Um, I think this is the really first great episode of the series, even counting Broken Bow. And it lays so much groundwork for Shran's future appearances and the relationship between the Vulcans and the Andorians. I, I love this episode, Dan. I love it too. I definitely gave it a see it. This is a great way to really start deep diving into the Andorians like we discussed with Noah Everback Katz last week. This is fantastic television. It's great Star Trek. And it's also very interesting to see that the Vulcans who don't lie, air quotes, are sneaky little bastards. Uh, yeah. Plus, you know, Jeffrey Combs. So definitely a see it. Sarah? I said, see it. And I wrote literally two words, Jeffrey Combs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But on top of that, this is in my top three for the season. I love it. I thought it was so good. It was the first solid episode that I watched and I was like, all right, I see what you're doing there. You're, you're hooking me in. I'm, 
I'm committed now, I think. So yeah, I think they they do a really good job executing this episode. And Mm -hmm. I I think that Jeffrey Combs elevates it. You know, I mean, Star Trek fans know what he's about. They know the kind of performance he's going to deliver. And he brings a character that is just so different from the Wayoons and from Brunt FCA that it's just, it's, it's so amazing. You said it. All right. Where are we? Episode eight, Breaking the Ice. Reed and Mayweather extract a rare chemical on a comet while sub-commander T'Pol considers marriage to cost. So where do we go with this one, Bill? What are you thinking? Well, it's happened yet again this season. <gasps> um, I'm going to say skip it. Meh. Oh, the sequel. I just... I- I could not care any less about this episode. I think it's dull. I think it's boring. It strikes me like filler. Um, and I, I really could not care about this whole comet thing. Um, I, I uh, tell me I'm wrong, please, Dan. Yeah, you're wrong. Uh, uh, there, there, there are filler episodes that work. I thought this one was a filler episode, but Koss is the boss, yo. Anyway, um, I'm going to give this is very bad. It wasn't as good as your pajamas one. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, but, you know, you're no Fark is in person either. Anyway, um, I, I gave this a see it, actually. Um, I thought it was a great episode to show why Archer thinks the Vulcans are jerks and he's not wrong in this episode. And plus, when do you get to build a snowman on an ice asteroid? That just is fun. Um, I thought it was good character development with Reed and Mayweather and especially to Paul. So I gave it a see it, Sarah. Uh-huh. I totally agree. I gave it a see it just for the T'Pol storyline. I thought this was a really good um, character growth for her. And I, um, this was the second one to build my love for her and the relationship she's building with um, Tucker. Trip. Somebody. The guy. <laughs> the blonde one. You know. Yeah, the dude. The, the dude. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right, let's let's get out of that train wreck and move on to uh, episode nine, Civilization. Archer and an away team go undercover to a pre-industrial civilization in order to investigate an unexpected sensor reading. Oh my gosh, Dan, talk to me. Oh, I'm going to talk to you. Um, I actually gave this one a skip it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, You know, to me, we have seen the quote the captain and crew do cosplay on another planet and something goes wrong, end quote, scenario a million times in Star Trek. This is no different. This one, though, just doesn't work because no matter how hard they try by inserting a possible love interest for Archer and a phaser fight at the end or even a lethal weapon red wire, blue wire scenario to make things tense, it's just not tense. It's boring, and I just didn't like it, Bill. So is it? One, two, three, and then go, or is it one, two, th- three? Yeah, we go on one, three. One, two, three, go. Okay, so one, two, three, go. Uh, one, two, three. I'm going to say skip it for this one as well. So uh, I've, I've been watching Enterprise intermittently in preparation for this theater, skip it. And this episode has actually put me to sleep recently in the middle of the day. Um, it, it, it's boring. Um, I, this is another filler episode to me. I felt like they felt strongly that they had to make 26 episodes. And that's the only reason this one made the cut, Sarah. You know, I'm going to take this opportunity to quote somebody. Uh, is a skip it. Meh. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I did it. I said it. I got to do my first meh. This is so meh. It's so meh. It I want to get a tattoo that says meh. And you even it's... have it with a Canadian accent, which is even better. Oh, thank you. <laughs> meh. Meh. Well, if she if she said it, you know, like a, it would sound like Justin meh. Timberlake. Meh. Meh. <laughs> it's gonna be meh. Yeah, right. Exactly. You're welcome. Can we do that? That was great. <laughs> we are now. Oh, All wow. right. I like it. Thank you. Moving on to episode number 10. Fortunate Sun. The cargo ship Fortunate is damaged by Nausicaan pirates and Enterprise offers a helping hand only to find the acting captain has secret plans. Oh my gosh, Bill. Dun, dun, dun. I'm using the dun, dun, dun a lot tonight. I feel like someone's giving me the setup for it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to say see it. I really like this episode. And I like the fact that we get to see something outside of Starfleet and that Travis Mayweather actually gets something to do. Um, I mean, enjoy it while it lasts because it's going to be one of the few times. But uh, it's it's really nice to see this this kind of look at something else in outside of Starfleet down. An absolute total agreement with you, buddy. Uh, I gave this one a see it. And one of Enterprise's biggest flaws throughout the entire series is the lack of not only Mayweather episodes, but Mayweather interactions. I mean, there just aren't enough of them. This is a great Mayweather episode, if not the best. And it gives a different perspective of life in space, which works on so many levels, similar to what you just said, Bill. So I love this episode. I think it's great. uh, And it's a definite see it for me, Sarah. Dudes, I agree. It's a see it. Um, I really liked the story. I really liked that I finally got to see who this Mayweather person is and hear them speak. Nice to know that that's a thing. And I actually feel quite strongly that this type of story would be a great sub-series, sub-novel, something about people in space that are not Starfleet and their interactions with Starfleet and the dangers that are out there. Um, it's just, it's unique and it's different. And I wish that there had been more of it um, later on in the season to be, to be honest. So um, see it. It's great. Couldn't agree more. I think that it, it showed some more real potential for the Mayweather character too. I, mm-hmm. I That's not lost on me because I mean, so they lost so much other stuff along the way uh, in dealing with that character. So it's, it's a shame we never get to go back to it really. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad we got what we got at least. Yeah, agreed. Spoiler alert. All right. Um, so don't get too attached to Mayweather, you're saying. I'm not going to see a lot of them. Good to know. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, all right. Moving on to episode 11. This is something I could really go for right now. Cold front. Because we're <laughs> in a heat wave right now here in the Pacific Northwest, and it's, it's getting a bit hot. All right. So cold front is where Archer learns that crewman Daniels is co- co- is covertly helping to fight the temporal cold war against Silic and members of the Sulaban cabal. I believe I'm going to go to Dan for this one. What do you want to say about this one? That's, my friend? That sounds scary. Anything with a cabal in it probably isn't good. No, it's probably not. Yeah. Um, I gave this one to see it, guys. Uh, I, I hint, you know, it was hinted at in Broken Bow, and we finally get some real meat to this whole cockamamie temporal Cold War gobbledygook in it. It actually, I actually like it in this episode. Uh, you know, we have Daniels, we have Silic, we've got Future Man, and Daniels goes boom, or does he, Bill? I'm sorry, I want to back up to the phrase uh, that you used <laughs> moments ago, cockamamie. Cockamamie. Were you- 
Were you born in 1939, for God's sake? <laughs> well, you know, I feel it. Uh, so <laughs> you look it too. <laughs> Thank uh, you. I'm also going to call this one a see it, but barely. You know, I get that there's more Daniel stuff, but it's taken nearly half the season to get this. And it's almost like they said, oh, crap. We need to insert a temporal Cold War reference here. Um, I get that they're setting up stuff for later in the season, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But I just, th- there's not enough here to make me get invested in the temporal Cold War at all, Sarah. You know what? That's fair. I'll allow it. I don't like it, but I'll allow it. I, I see it. <laughs> Thank you, Your Honor. <laughs> I I I was interested the moment this Daniels guy started talking about uh, temporal cord, cold war. Um, is new to me, uh, having not watched the series. Um, I I was intrigued. I thought that I had heard of this, and I started getting all mad about like this was brought up before, and people very kindly corrected me. So. Um, yeah, it was interesting. If if you're interested in in time travel and 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 things like that, then this is an episode to see because otherwise you might be a little bit lost. I think that's fair. If memory serves, this is the episode where we get to see Daniel's quarters with that that like the, the time thing. This is one of the first episodes that really shows the potential of the special effects that are used in Enterprise, and I thought that that scene was really kind of cool. That's all I have to say. And to think they took that technology even further to get those amazing turbo lifts in Discovery. I mean, I know, right? <laughs> oh wow, I'm out, I'm out of here. Bye, <laughs> bye. Wanted to get controversial there for a second. Um, let's move on to episode number twelve, Silent Enemy. Archer deals with a secretive and aggressive alien first contact while Sato tries to find out what Lieutenant Reed's favorite food is. Bill. Well, here we are again, my friends. A third time this season. Um, I'm going to call it menage meh. <laughs> Skip it. Um, this is another episode that seems like filler. And honestly, I just don't give a Malcolm's favorite food is. Um, I'm bleeping myself, obviously, but um, I just I, I could not care any less. Um, uh, that's all I got, Dan. I, I don't, I don't disagree with you because, um, for me, it's a skip it because as with you every season, here we are with me, the time every season when, as Gandalf would say, while in the minds of Moria, I have no memory of this place, or in this case, this episode, no clue. Skip it. Sarah. <laughs> this is a skip it if I ever had a skip it. I mean, you get this buildup about what is this dessert going to be? And it's pineapple yeah. cake? Give me a break. You might as well just give him a Twinkie. Like, uh, like uh, just stupid. And it's obviously, obviously a fake pineapple cake, too. It looks oh, terrible. Oh, man. Big time. I didn't, I just, I feel as though had they actually given Reed's character more than two lines so far, maybe I'd care more about the character and therefore I'd care about seeing his parents and knowing a little bit more about him. So if you're a huge, you know, watching the series, you love Malcolm Reed, then maybe watch the episode, but no, I say skip it. I like pineapple. I like pineapple too, but it's (laughs) your birthday cake. Get an ice cream cake, man. Get something good. Fudgy the whale. There you go. I think Dan's hyperventilating. 
<laughs> All right, let's go on to um, unlucky number 13, Baker's Dozen. Dear Doctor, Blocks and Archer must decide the fate of two species suffering from an evolutionary pandemic. Topical. Let's go to Bill. Thank you so much. I'm going to say, uh, hands down, this is uh, absolutely a see it. This to me is the only must see episode of the season. All of Enterprise's potential is delivered here, and it shows some great performances by by John Billingsley, by Scott Bakula, and of course the late Kelly Waymire. Uh, Dan, uh, this is Star Trek through and through. Absolutely, one hundred percent agree, buddy. It is a see it for me in every way, shape, and form. Um, it's the best episode of season one in my mind, and it perhaps is the best Flocks episode of the entire series billingsley hits this one out of the park it is so good he does such a great job it's a some people have complained but it's 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 really a great introduction into the prime directive no matter what anybody says um it can be dissected it can be varying opinions but i really like how they do it here um this is a fantastic episode sarah i agree this is a see it for me i think it's it's hard to say this but episode 13 it seems like a great introduction to flocks we don't really get a lot of them um and this is where he shines and gets me really excited for his character um it was a cool story it was a great all-around trek story and i think when i was doing a recording with casey i even said let's see these uh let's see this planet in discovery 900 years in the future which one won out is it happening is it real bring it let's do a callback why not I think that'd be great. Yeah, you know, the other great thing in this episode is the conflict between Phlox and Archer. Um, yes. it, it really is what makes this episode shine. And I mean, you've got two performances there by two just amazing actors, and they 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 sell the material. Uh, I, I, there's nothing to dislike about this episode. I love it so much. You know, it's funny, Sarah. You said it, and I really didn't think of it until you said it. This is really the first time that. Billingsley has really had anything worth doing. And it's a shame because as I just said, this may be one of his best episodes of the whole series. And if we were able to get this after not seeing anything for so long, I think we're in for a great ride with that character. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I like it. All right. Now let's go on to an episode that uh, actually has a title that reflects something happening in the house right now. This is episode 14, sleeping dogs. Sato Reed and Paul attempt to help an unresponsive Klingon ship escape the crushing pressure of a gas giant. And speaking of gas giants, Bill. Oh, I don't want to pick no, a it's, name it's now. Dan's turn. <laughs> it's Dan's turn. All right, let's go to Dan. All right, okay, that's fine. Um, you know, the title says it all. Chances are, if the word sleep is in the title, then it's going to be a real snooze fest. And hey, look, they were right. I gave this one a skip it, Bill. I didn't like this one. I thought it was boring. Uh, I'm right there with you. So, you know, this is a skip it for me. This one was like a Dan episode to me. I had no memory of it whatsoever. (laughs) And when I went back and looked it up, I then remembered why. Um, Yeah, it's it's a definite sleeper. Um, it, It induces a lot of sleep and therefore I would skip it, sir. Absolutely. I agree. It's a skip it for me. I simply wrote inconsistent and nothing special. And that's like really Dan. how I felt about it. Beat me, <laughs> oh, beat, beat me okay. to it. Beat okay. me to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Boys. 
So I, I feel like we have to say here, because I mean, I am skipping a lot of episodes. Dan, you're skipping a lot of episodes. We need to reiterate that we love Star Trek Enterprise. You know, we don't hate the show. We don't hate this season. Um, there's right. just a lot of episodes we think are just not that great. Yes, um, I totally agree. It, it, kind of like TNG season one. We mm-hmm. all love Next Generation. <sighs> we all love that cast. We love where they wound up and the movies they gave us. But if we're going to be honest, TNG season one, not a shining star in the Star Trek universe. Yep. You know, <laughs> absolutely. So I, I kind of get the same feeling with the, this first season of, of Enterprise. For me, it's it's very much along the lines of TNG season one. So just a checkpoint for everybody listening, you know, don't click stop. We don't hate Enterprise. Mm-hmm. This is just a fun exercise. Absolutely. Quite the contrary. I love Enterprise, but that doesn't mean that there can be episodes that we don't love and just will watch over and over and rewind and, and replay again. Every single, even Deep Space Nine, Bill, yours and mine. And and Sarah, I'm not sure if Deep Space Nine is your favorite. It's 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 my favorite, always will be my favorite. There are some really crappy episodes of Deep Space Nine, too. Doesn't mean anything bad. If it's Star Trek, we're gonna love it. So yeah, it's a good uh, clarification point there, buddy. You don't mean move along home though, right? I love move along I, home. Move along home is Thank actually you. a great episode. I Thanks to Bill. I love that episode now. Yep. Because of a theater, skip it. Exactly. Yeah. I told you I would go back and watch it again. And I did. And I loved it. (laughs) Fantastic. And I think we're going to be having some good feelings soon about uh, Enterprise because the next episode that we have here to talk about is episode 15, Shadows of Pajem. T'Pol is recalled to Vulcan. During her final away mission, she and Archer are kidnapped, leading to another confrontation between Vulcans and Andorians. What have we got, Bill? Uh, this is a see it for me. There is some fantastic Archer and T'Pol stuff here. You know, they, they really build a relationship for these characters. It's more than just, I want to knock you on your ass. There's some real texture and context to what they lay out here. Plus, I mean, it's the return of Shran, which I'm always here for. I need more Jeffrey Combs in my life. So Dan, this is an absolute see it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's a see it. Uh, is it wrong to say that every episode with Shran will be a see it for me? I'm just going to put that spoiler out there right now. I don't oh. think it's too much of a stretch. But I think there's we'll, one you're going to say skip. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, I mean, come on. Why wouldn't this be a see it? In all seriousness, T'Pol is made to take the fall for what happened at Pajem. That's unbelievable and more Vulcan dickery at its finest, in my opinion, to be to be honest. You know, maybe the dingbat who okayed a spy listening post should have been held accountable. I'm just saying. Uh, it's still a great episode. And for an added bonus, we have Gregory Itzen as Captain Sopek. And I will see that seven days of the week. Sarah? Whoa. All right. You know what? I'm going to join you guys. I say see it. I wrote the simple Andorians for the win because... I am in love with the Andorians now. This has been such a great couple of episodes that we've seen them and I want more. And now that I'm hearing spoilers, there's going to be more. I'm excited to get into season two or season three or wherever I get that chance. My only slight bugaboo is that I felt that this was the start of yet of a bit of a train ride where we're just kind of overly sexualizing to Paul and just the falling with the, the boobs in the face or the whatever it might be unnecessary stupid don't need it her character's better than that and i just Mm -hmm. looking at the list of episodes i'm like this is one of the first ones where i started talking about casey being like oh here we go but it doesn't take away from the story is this the episode where they're tied up and they're trying to like 
to like shimmy up and stand up and it, they, it very sexual tension, like kind of moment. Yeah. Is that the episode? Yeah. Perfect example of what you're saying there, Sarah, about what they're done with the Paul. I agree. Thank you. One of the things I really appreciate about enterprise overall is the, the fact that we actually get context context out of the Endorians because in TOS, we didn't really get that much. None. Um, we knew a little bit about them and the guy we saw wasn't really an Endorian to, you know, to, to follow that up, but they actually started building that alien race and building that world. And uh, to me, it's one of the most exciting parts of the series, Dan. Oh, I absolutely agree. And I'll go back to what we, what I said earlier, our discussion with, with Noah about the, about the culture, it all comes down to enterprise. And that's one of the things that I think enterprise was hugely successful for is taking a race that was barely seen in the original series, never seen in any of the other series with any meaning and gave them teeth and gave them a history and a backstory. And they did it phenomenally well. No small part to Jeffrey Combs. Absolutely. All right. Speaking of phenomenally well, let's get back to the part that I do. (laughs) Episode 16, Shuttle Pod 1. After finding debris from Enterprise, Reed and Tucker are stranded in a shuttle pod far from help. Dan, what do you have to say about this episode? All right. This one was, I had to go back and forth with this one. And I'm going to give it a see it but for a bad reason. I gave it a see it, if nothing more than the stupid line when they're talking about to Paul and it's, she has a nice bum. That's a see it to see how stupid the writing could be on Enterprise, which kind of sounds contradictory in terms, but who even uses that word today in the 21st century? I thought it was just ridiculous. But with that cast aside, it's kind of an Odo Quark Data Geordi, Spock McCoy friendship type episode. So I gave it a, uh, I gave it a see it, but I will say see it barely, Bill. Um, I give it a skip it. Um, I'm, I wish we had an unpopular opinion alert here because I would sound it right at this moment. I think this is the most overrated episode of the season and I can't stand the line about to Paul's backside. It's out of place. It doesn't belong. Um, it, it annoys me almost as much as the decon chamber scenes, Mm. um, for all the people who want to say how great Berman era Trek was, this is Berman era Trek. Um, it's, it's kind of disgusting to me in a way. And I, I just don't like this episode, Sarah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm glad that you both, um, touched on that because that was a, you know, like I said in the last one, here we go. Gotta, gotta throw that little nugget in there. And it's just totally stupid um i you know i originally was going to say see it but now i kind of want to say skip it because i had other complaints with it i thought this would have been a really good countdown episode and i thought it would have been even more tense if the enterprise crew knew that they were there running out of air and were struggling to get there in time because half the episode is the two of them knowing that there's a countdown and the and the other ones don't and i just i felt like there was potential for this to be a really cool episode and it wasn't quite there. So I, yeah, I mean, you know what? I'm going to say skip it. I agree okay. with that 100%. I think yeah. that if both sides had been aware of the countdown, it would have made the tension a lot more believable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Episode 17, Fusion. Enterprise encounters a crew of emotional Vulcans 
Subcommander T'Pol experiences an illicit mind meld with unsettling results. Bill. This one for me is a see it. Um, I feel kind of weird giving you another see it because there's so much in this season that I really just am not impressed by. But I like the retcon for the Vulcans here and the explanations of the meld. I do not like the assault of T'Pol. Um, it, it's just more abuse that that character doesn't need and to put her in positions that she just doesn't have to be in. But I'd watch the episode again despite that, Dan. Yeah, the, the, those are very good points, bud. Um, I gave this one a see it. I actually said you, you can't miss this one. And for the reason that you said, the retcon of the Vulcans here is very important. It has so much relevance, not only for Enterprise, but in my opinion, for all of Star Trek going forward. T'Pol is literally mind raped when you want to really look at it deep down. And it's such a powerful and awful thing on so many levels that happens to her. And the fact that she has to go through this is simply gut-wrenching. And, it, you know, I've talked about how at times I didn't really like the T'Pol character. On this, with this episode, this made me really appreciate um, the acting by Jolene and the character. And it, it's a tough episode. It, it really is. But I, I don't think you can miss it to really understand the character and Vulcan's and the future of Star Trek going forward in the timeline, Sarah. That's interesting that you both said that. I think you make really good points, um, and I very much respect them, but I gave it a skip it. I had written in my note that T'Pol is better than this victimization, in my opinion. It's very Deanna Troy being victimized yep. over and over again. I get that it's a precedent setting for the Vulcan culture, so I give I give props to that, but um, I... I feel really strongly about the T'Pol character after just one season. And I don't think that this changes my opinion on her growth. I think that she can grow without, without seeing it my, in myself. So I'm going to still say, skip it. I, I like totally the, understand uh, that. yeah, I like the comparison that you gave in regards to what they did with Deanna and TNG. I had not thought of it on that level. Uh, I really respect that, uh, that opinion, Sarah. That's a good one. Oh, well, thank you. We're so nice to each other here sometimes. I like it. <laughs> well, we're nice to you. We're not Only nice you, to each other. Not Bill. No, no. Bill's a jerk. Shut up. <laughs> Guys, stop. All right. Uh, where are we? Episode 18? Rogue Rouge Planet? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm here all week. While exploring an uncharted planet. The Enterprise crew members encounter a group of aliens who are hunting down indigenous creatures for sport. Bill. Well, it's nice to go back to my old ways. Uh, this one's a skip it for me. And for the fourth time this season, I call meh. Oof, Dan. Wow. What's your, what's your record for, for meh in a season? I don't. I don't recall. I think it's in a look. in a Voyager season five or six something. Like I think that. so. I, wow. I think it will like Voyager season five or six, maybe six. All right, because uh, five is actually out. pretty solid. Well, it's not a meh for me, uh, but I did give this one a skip it as well. Um, and and I'm going to be honest. This episode was a complete waste of time. We talked about filler episodes earlier, and some filler episodes work. I thought that the ice comet one worked, and you didn't. I don't think this one works at all. The hunters could just as well be the Herogen on Voyager, and that Wraith woman shapeshifter thing could easily have been a founder from DS9. I mean, it just they were just grabbing ideas from different series, and I don't think it worked at all, Sarah. So I gave it a skip it. 
you know what? I give it a skip it as well. And I, I wrote my note was sure. Archer is tolerable in this episode, but it's not worth the hour. Cause I've been finding <laughs> him very tough to stomach for the majority of the first season, but I found that he was okay in this one and I didn't. Yeah, but it wasn't enough. <laughs> so sorry. You know, I, th- I think the problem with Archer in season one, not that, I mean, not that I hate Archer cause I don't, and I love Bacula, but I think that Archer himself is still very constrained to what he believes Starfleet should be instead of flying by the seat of his pants a little bit and realizing, you know what? I am Starfleet out here. Um, I have to maybe do some things that I wouldn't have thought to do. I think he grows more comfortable in that role as the series goes on, but in this one, he's still very rigid. And I think that's what he suffers from. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Shall we move on? Sure. Absolutely. Do you want to talk about an episode called Acquisition? A group of Ferengi. (laughs) A group of Ferengi hijack Enterprise, but Tucker, Archer, and T'Pol resist the pirates in order to win back their ship. I heard a groan. I want Dan to talk, talk to me. So a while back, Bill said, hey, Dan. Pick an episode of Enterprise that we can do a deep dive on. I'm like, oh, my God, let's do Acquisition. This is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Then I watched it again. (laughs) So, yeah. And then we talked about it at length. So I'm actually giving this a skip it. I originally was all gung-ho for this one. Um, But like I said, then we did that deep dive. and, And you know what? There's nothing to this episode except bringing in a known race from TNG and Beyond having Jeffrey Combs again as an amazing guest star, it has no teeth, even with all those fangy Ferengi running around. No teeth. Um, I like Clint Howard. I like Ethan Phillips. I like Matt Malloy, but I can't give it a see it. I have to give it a skip it, Bill. Uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, I say skip it as well. It's supposed to be entertaining. But for me, it's a misfire for this early in the series. There are parts of it that work and there are parts of it that just don't. But ultimately, it, this episode doesn't mean anything in the end. It's more shoehorning stuff in with a wink and a nod to canon. And that piece just rubs me the wrong way, Sarah. So for me, it's a skip it. I knew this day was going to come. <laughs> this is my favorite episode of the season. <laughs> it's a see it for me. I'm not even kidding. I... Loved it. And part of that is the nostalgia. I am a sucker for it. I don't care if it ruins canon. I, Ethan, Clint, you got every, you got all your favorites in there. I loved it. I laughed. I, I cried. I, I ate a bag of Tostitos while I watched it. It was fantastic. And I'd watch it again. And it's a watchable episode to me. I'd watch it over and over and over again because of the chemistry amongst everybody is fantastic. And I liked this one of the points that I brought up in an episode of Discovering Trek Enterprise was um, because this one got the full six slices of pie. I was a little questionable at first because, again, to Paul is slightly kind of pinpointed as, a, as victimized this one a bit. Yep. But I thought it was well done in the sense that this is a wake up call for Archer and his guys that there is a big bad space world out there where there is people that are abducted and sold into slavery. And I think it's a good reminder that space isn't just um, making great contacts and there are aliens out there that are going to bumble their way through doing some really pretty horrible stuff. And um, the Ferengi, they, they pull it off because they're like the three stooges, those guys. I just, I just thought it was a good story. I will say this. If we had not done our deep dive episode on the podcast, 
I would have given this to see it. I really would have. And that's, strange. I don't have to listen to that if, deep dive. I don't know if I would have there. I mean, there are some scenes in, in this episode that are legitimately great. The Archer to Paul stuff at the end is mm-hmm. funny. Yes. Um, the Ferengi encountering uh, Porthos. Very funny. <laughs> very good. Yeah. Um, but ultimately eh, for a season that's supposed to center around the temporal cold war, this is just yet another step away from the temporal cold war. Um, that's just, that's just me. Sorry, Sarah. That's okay. I'm allowing it. Oh, thank Let's you. Let's move on. Let's just get out of here. Let's, I, I think I see something in the, in the distance, possibly maybe it's an Oasis oh. episode 20. What? Archer and an away team find a mysterious crew apparently alive on a ship that crash landed years ago. Bill, talk to me. Well, Sarah, I'm going to say see it. And I say see it to this one only because of Rene Aubergenois. Mm. He elevates this episode. Uh, I mean, it's essentially a rewriting of Deep Space Nine's shadow play in a way, which was a very Odo-centric episode that had to do with holograms. But I think that with any other actor, this doesn't work nearly as well. Plus, Dan, we get Annie Wershing from 24 and Bosch in her first ever TV gig. That's pretty awesome. Um, I got to agree with you on a lot of levels here, man. I gave it a see it, uh, maybe because I'm still mourning, but whenever I see Renee, I just cannot look away. And I loved his performance in this episode. Now he's great. And in thinking about this episode for this podcast, when we recorded here today, I couldn't help but think of discovery season three episode, die trying where members of the crew go to the Tikov to find a holographic family representation of the Barzan that's stuck in the transporter or whatever the hell it was stuck in. It's an episode like this that really makes you think, Uh, about what the right way to proceed is. And if a Star Trek episode makes that happen, then it's a good thing. And on top of that, Tom Bergeron cameo. Love it. Sarah? There was a Tom Bergeron cameo? Yes. There is. The alien in the beginning. Oh, my goodness. And I met him on Dancing with the Stars, so he's my boy. (laughs) Were you a contestant? (laughs) No, I was in the audience, and uh, nobody wants to see me dance. That's, That's true. (laughs) <laughs> oh boy. Um, I say, see it. Um, it's not the greatest episode in the world, but it's Renee. And yeah. for that alone, it's, it's worth seeing. I feel it's a story that I've seen a thousand times or something of it similar. Um, I'm kind of sick of trip, just like flirting and uh, what, where's Mayweather? Where's, you know, let's give some of these people, some of these storylines, but um, it's still just a nice kind of a warm hug of a story. So see it. I'm right there with you. Cool. How about episode 21, Detained? This is where Archer and Mayweather find themselves imprisoned in a Suliban internment camp run by the Tendarans. Uh, let's go to Dan. Uh, well, hey, I've got an idea. Let's have a quantum leap reunion and bring Dean Stockwell on to Enterprise. Won't that be awesome? No, no, it won't. Uh, this was a skip it for me. Um, if if you had a story uh, that was good, it would have been worth it. Um, but this chapter of the Temporal Cold War really doesn't work. And I got to say, thank God that Archer didn't throw in an oh boy at some point, because if that had happened, I would have stopped watching Star Trek Enterprise forever. Bill. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to call this one a skip it. And this is my final meh of the season. 
my this is my fifth, I think, Dan. Yeah. Um, this uh, you said it perfectly, and this seems like they were just trying to find a way to put Dean Stockwell in an episode, and it just totally comes across as stunt casting. Yep. It, it overall, it's not a terrible episode. It's just not a great episode, Sarah. Holy smokes! I felt <laughs> coming into this theater skip it, I was going to just be the worst. <laughs> and I was part of me was dreading it. I'm not going to lie because part of me is dreaded watching some of these episodes because some of them are so bad that you just don't want to watch the next one. Um, but this got caught up in that little row of, I think I watched about four or five in a day and I enjoyed each and every one of them. And I thought this one was a very engaging and entertaining episode. I wanted to know what was going to happen. It was still a bit of a familiar storyline that we see in Trek quite a lot, but I really liked it. And I said, see it. Interesting. That's okay. Wow. Well, I I, well, Sarah, it's been great having you as the host of Rewind. <laughs> it's, I'm sorry to see that show come to an end. Let me let me um, say this one thing about Dean Stockwell. Uh, we already miss you, even though you haven't left. Um, that tells you how special you are. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it was one thing that was interesting about having this Quantum Leap reunion, which I didn't like, is that in Quantum Leap, Dean Stockwell and Scott Bakula's characters were really got along well. They were, you know, they they. they they were friends and there was some definite tension between the two characters on enterprise. And I did like that aspect of it, but Mm -hmm. if that, that's the only thing that I liked about this episode, if I liked anything at all, Mm. I've never seen quantum leap. So I didn't have that side of it to see, which may or may not have made or break the episode. All right. Where are we? 22 Fox solo. A strange symbiotic alien creature boards Enterprise and starts kidnapping members of the crew. Um, I can't remember where I'm at, so I'm going to go to Bill. Bill, what do you say? Well, you know, I say this episode tries so hard to be true to Star Trek. It just it really does. It's got some very Star Trek-like elements. It's got a very Star Trek-like conundrum. It, it's Hoshi rises to the challenge in this episode. But it just all falls flat to me. Um, I I really feel bad issuing yet another skip at Dan, but alas, here we are. It's okay. It happens. I'll allow it. You know. You know these things happen from time to time, and you know you're not wrong because you, you know, can't I, allow anything because Sarah is the judge. Uh, okay. Well, judge. Sarah will allow it because I gave it a skip. It also. <laughs> um, this is a yawn fest for me, and I've done a lot of yawning in season one, which is disappointing. Um, it's another, how many times have we seen a first contact gone wrong scenario? Uh, even though I like that it's another Hoshi centric episode, I don't think she was really given enough, uh, to jump out in this episode as a great Hoshi episode, like we had with Mayweather in fortunate son. So it was a, it was a disappointment for me, Sarah. So I gave it a skip it. Yeah. Vox Sola was a skip it for me, guys. Nothing to see here, folks. Just goo. That's literally what I wrote. I, goo. <laughs> just goo. Just big old gross spiderweb goo. I, eh, eh, eh. You know, sometimes you want like something scary and it wasn't, it didn't do it for me. Just so, so. many comments and this is a family friendly show and I'm going to avoid all of them um, at this moment, Dan. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably a good idea because we could go a long way talking about the comments that were just made. So yeah, we'll just move along, move along, move along home. <laughs> Second chap, <laughs> wrong show, <laughs> wrong show. Well, I guess uh, I guess that means that we are at uh, twenty three. Then Sarah, we are on twenty three. But let's go back 
talk. I want to talk about. It's not a wrong show. It's the right show. Let's just talk about Deep Space Nine for a little bit. I just okay. finished watching an episode and I was really enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? Uh, season two. Uh, I don't know the name of it, but it's when Odo meets the the guy that had taken care of him early on. So oh, just Dr. after Mora. episode Mora. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So after just after the episode Rivals, which I was really loving because O'Brien is just <laughs> such a mood. <laughs> Brian is O'Brien. O'Brien, I love him. He's the best. All right. He's also a fallen hero. Episode 23. (laughs) Enterprise finds itself under attack while transporting a controversial Vulcan ambassador. Let's just go to Dan and get some uh, high level thoughts on this one. What were your, what do you say? Very high level. Uh, It's a see it. Uh, I really like this episode. It's a great human slash Vulcan tension episode, which we've seen throughout the first season of Enterprise. Uh, And I got to give kudos to director Patrick uh, Norris on this one. There's some great job with the camera angles on the bridge and the fluidity of all the scenes. And also a big shout out to Admiral Forrest for his one comment to Archer. uh, When Archer decided to turn around and give the ambassador back to the Maserites, he said to Jonathan, I'm not out there. You are. It's your call. I love Admiral Forrest, and that's a great line for him. Valar is the best Vulcan we've seen on Enterprise so far, in my opinion. She completely breaks the stigma of the we're all better than you jerk face Vulcans we've seen all season. And um, hey, who knew that Data's mom can play a Vulcan? So, Bill, I gave it a see it. Uh, That's amazing, Dan, because I also gave it a see it. I really dig this episode. I think it's really great to see what happens when your heroes aren't who you think they are. And this episode really does a great job with that particular message. Plus, I mean, Fianola Flanagan is amazing in everything, not mm-hmm. just being Data's mom. She is an amazing actress who has had a long career and it's really nice to see her put on some pointed ears and play a Vulcan that, um, is isn't really necessarily jerky, but is is really kind of the Vulcan we want at this particular phase of the series, Sarah. Agreed. Thank you for saying it was Data's mom. I didn't clue into that. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, what You're an amazing welcome. thing. You're welcome. You know what? I'm going to give it uh, I don't agree with this. Skip it. I actually huh? guys just talked about the episode. See, the, the reason I gave it a skip it was I think I was bored watching it and I didn't remember anything about it. So it wasn't really memorable to me. But now that you're talking about it, I was, I need to watch it again. And I think that's, I'm going to give it a skip it, but I'm going to watch it again. So don't trust me on anything I have to say. That's where I'm at. You guys made good points. It's yep. kind of like a move along home on my side with mm. Deep Space Nine. There you go. Mm. The message I'm Funny. taking away here is don't listen to Sarah. That's exactly it. In this <laughs> instance, yeah, exactly. Now, when it's acquisition, listen to Sarah. But when it's <laughs> <laughs> so when it fits my narrative, okay. With you. Yeah, it was this probably the most ridiculous episode you've ever seen. I will have loved it, and it was probably one of the smartest, like thought provoking. I probably was like playing on my phone and I missed that part. And so don't listen to me because <laughs> I have bad taste. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh man! Oh, okay. I just I can't even. You can't even. Well, I can. We got Dessert Crossing. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Desert Crossing, episode 24. (laughs) Tucker and Archer are invited to a desert planet by a man named Zabral, only to discover that he has ulterior motives. Bill. You know, I find it so hard to believe that this character would have ulterior motives. I'm stunned, quite frankly. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> um, yeah, I am beyond belief. Uh, this is a skip it for me. I don't know what the hell Clancy Brown is trying to do with his voice in this episode, but 
this entire script is predictable and boring all at the same time. The only real scenes of value to me are uh, after Archer and Trip really kind of find some kind of disgusting potable water source. And after that, it, it's still boring. So Dan, it's a, it's a skip it in my world. Yeah, we're in agreement on this one too, man. I gave it a skip it. And I want you to refresh my memory if you could. Uh, have I ever had two episodes in one season that I have no memory of whatsoever? I think I, so, but I it think was maybe early. one. Yeah, because, yeah. um, you know, this is the second one this season. No clue, <laughs> no memory of it. Even when I was looking over the screenshots, I, I had no no clue. Not a single brain cell fired on that one. And that includes the ones with Clancy Brown, who I actually love as an actor. I got nothing. So I have to give it a skip it because it couldn't have been that important to me back then. Sarah? Yeah, I, I said skip it. I, I recently watched this for, for um, Discovering Enterprise, already forgotten it, and I couldn't even bring myself to reread the synopsis because I think I was so <laughs> unimpressed by just <laughs> two, wow. two white guys complaining in the desert. I don't need to watch that. I'm fine. <laughs> That's going to be us in August, Bill. That's Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's almost like they should have had the, uh, the, the song playing with the boys from Top Gun during that outdoor game because they oh. were just seconds away from beach volleyball. So this episode really <laughs> suffered from Kenny Loggins. That could have made it a see it for me. Oh, um, should have called this episode danger zone. <laughs> nice. That would have been good. All right. We're nearing the end. We've got episode 25, two days and two nights, which is how long it took us to record this episode. Yes. Yes. Enterprise finally arrives for shore leave on Riza. While there, the crew experience more than they are later willing to admit. What have we got? Uh, Dan. Okay. I gave this one a skip it, which may surprise some people. And I'm going to say it. I have never been a fan of Risa. I've never liked it. I think the whole DS9 episode where Worf joined those moronic new essentialists really killed it for me forever, and that's too bad. And it's ironic that Michael Dorn actually directed this episode, when you think about it. Um, the episode would never go over well in today's world with the shenanigans of Reed and Tucker going to clubs on the prowl. Um, if anything, the only thing that works for me is the Archa Kayla arc, but that kind of fizzled out too for obvious reasons, Bill. So I gave this one a skip it. That's really interesting to me because, um, well, you know me, I like a good downshift before a series finale. And this episode kind of does that for me. I, I actually really like this episode and I gave it a see it. If you exclude the Malcolm and trip stuff, which is just juvenile and dumb for me, the episode is pretty solid. Plus, I mean, come on, Dan, this episode is at full puppy factor and <laughs> I am always wanting more dogs in Star Trek. That is true. Anything with Porthos is good. Yeah. Or, or and then we get other dogs. So, I mean, right. I'm, I'm very happy with the dog factor in this episode, Sarah. For me, it's a see it. All right. Well, just because they doubled their dog cast, um, this one is still a skip it. Um, Malcolm and what's this pickle were just too painful to watch. Um, it was so bad. I couldn't even finish watching this episode, to be honest. I mean, I did, but I don't No idea. I just wasn't into it. Um, yeah, Riza, I get it. I I, I kind of get what you're saying, Dan. It's never been something where I'm like, oh, it's a Riza episode. Oh, what yeah. kind of funny stuff's going to happen? Like, you know, like whenever I see like Loxana or Q, I'd be like, oh, this is going to be fun. Like it's, you know, but this right. is, yeah. Well, you know, Captain's Holiday was was okay. I mean, it's the first time we actually saw Riza, if memory serves, and that was good. But 
the whole Vosh angle starts getting started, you know, I'm not really dislike it, but it's not something that I loved as I've watched Captain's Holidays over the year. And then, of course, mm-hmm. the one in Deuce Space Nine, that just really just it just killed it for me, to be honest. Well, I think Captain's Holiday works so well because it's it's Picard out of his element. Yeah. He doesn't know how to relax. And I think that's really what makes it work because Patrick Stewart is just so amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Vosh thing I could live without, but the guy goes to take a vacation and he doesn't get a vacation, which I think is ultimately the story. Right. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I just I kind of like this one. Although, Dan, I have to say, uh, I'm surprised you didn't say see it based on the autobiographical nature because you and I have wound up locked in a basement in Vegas in our underwear before. And that's all I can really say on the matter. Sarah, episode 26, please. <laughs> nope, 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 no, I'm in charge. I want that story and I want it now. I'm sorry. What happens in Vegas has to stay there for the most part. I'm sorry. Gosh, darn it. That's a whole other podcast, I think. Mm-hmm. The Trek Geeks After again. Dark. Yeah. HBO Max. <laughs> you got to pay extra for that one. All right. Episode 26, Shockwave. Part, uh, that's part one. (laughs) Enterprise is recalled to Earth after the crew is blamed for the accidental destruction of a colony world. En route, it is hijacked by Suliban and Captain Archer is trapped in the future. Bill? Future. Um, I say see it in the here and now. This is a really good season finale for a season that's pretty terrible in my opinion. Uh, For me, This is the worst first season of a Star Trek, but it absolutely has one of the best season finale cliffhangers of all time after the best of both worlds, Dan. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, you know, future man, future man traps, Archer traps, Archer, which is always kind of cool. I I actually gave this one to see it. I mean, the whole idea of that colony being destroyed is a real punch in the gut for everybody on the ship. It's a great story. There's great special effects and it is a great cliffhanger and just like what you said i think this was a great way to wrap up a rather mediocre if not poor first season of a star trek series so um it 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 ended on the right foot i would say sarah what about you Mm -hmm. i totally agree you guys i gave it a see it um i thought it got a little slow in the middle there but the ending captured me once i saw that guy that we thought was dead that we know was jumping around i was like oh oop, i gotta pay attention i gotta pay attention what's going on so um yeah i i'm kind of excited now to watch season two because i've never seen it so i don't know what's gonna happen i'm assuming that the show is uh there's no more captain he's in the future and who knows so well maybe <laughs> so it's, it's like wrong, but. it's like the 31st century that archer goes to right so maybe he can hook up with the discovery and michael burnham there you go yeah. um Well, this is interesting because I think we're all pretty much in agreement that it's not the finest season of Star Trek ever. It's rough. It's kind of TNG season one rough. But at the end, it really comes through with an episode that makes you want to dial up season two, I think. Is that pretty much general agreement there? Absolutely. Yep. Well, let's let's talk percentages as we often do after a see it or skip it. Um, Dan. Mm-hmm. You were straight down the middle, 13 for 26 for a 50% see it rating. That's um, a, that's kind of interesting to me because I was a lot lower. <laughs> <laughs> I actually only had 11 of 26 that I voted as see it for 42.31%. I'm not certain, but I think this is my lowest rating of a 26 episode season of Star Trek. I think you're right. Um which actually kind of surprises me. I thought I would like a lot less episodes. Sarah, it may surprise you to learn that you have the highest 
see it rating of the day, 14 out of 26 for 53.85%. Whoa. You super fan you. <laughs> I'm shocked because if you've listened to Discovering Trek, I have grumbled my way through this series <laughs> so much. Oh, but we know. You know, but that's because when you're, when you get a chance to actually like t- pick out the things that bug you, yeah. you kind of want to start going on a rant and then, you know, I got to get a chance to talk because Casey talks so much. So I got to jump in there when I can. And then he jacks me up. So everything gets negative. So, you know, having the chance to be with you fine fellows and reviewing the episodes in seriousness. I think the reason I have so many see it's when I wasn't expecting it is because there's so many episodes that felt like they were introductory episodes for some of the characters. Yeah. Right. Like the Flocks episode and the Mayweather episode and, you know, even Hoshi. Like there's just so many great background characters that don't get enough time. And right. I felt that if there was an episode that even though it wasn't great, they really shone in it. I think it's worth seeing. Yeah, I, I, I got to say, Bill, that when, when I looked at it and saw the final total for me was right down the middle at 50%. That's really, really putting some frosting on the cake because there could have very easily been at least two or three that were skippets that I gave see it's I was very generous I think with some of these episodes so uh, 50% may be one of my lowest as well um, I might have had a season that was a little lower I don't remember um, sort of along the same lines as you but 50% that's that's you know even in grade school or in junior high and high school that's not a good grade it's not a good that's, grade at all it's an F that's an F yeah <laughs> <laughs> but as we said earlier in the show we love Star Trek. We will watch Enterprise episodes, even mm-hmm. if we gave them skippets here. Well, you know, and we hear from a lot of people who love Enterprise, and I understand. You know, I, I think that I think that time has allowed fans to go back and watch Enterprise and look at it with a little more fondness. I remember watching this in first run going, ooh, this is rough. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, like, worse than TNG season one. I don't think it's that anymore. But, you know, if I look at it objectively at some of these stories – um, it, it feels rushed. It feels like they threw it together. It feels like they could have taken another six to eight months to develop this thing and make it solid. And we're just lucky that we get some changes throughout the series, uh, like season three or so with some new producers, some new writing staff to really sort of freshen things up. You know, one of the things I wanted to to also say is, is I was thinking about our discussion earlier uh, with the first couple of episodes, and especially the first one, I think it was that one where I said where I just have, fell in love with the NX-01. I wanted to make a clarification there. I love the exterior of the NX-01. I think it's absolutely gorgeous. We've talked about it, and I think, Sarah, you and Casey have talked about it on your show, Discovering Trek Enterprise, that the interior of the Starship sometimes is a little off you know they have like you know you have to step over the the bottom door jam to get into quarters and that just seems a little clunky um and of course there's the whole argument about dials versus push buttons or touch screens and stuff like that i think the exterior of the starship is something that i absolutely find one of the most beautiful in star trek Uh, and i just wanted to make that clarification that's interesting to me i um i'm kind of the opposite way I Hmm. like the exterior of the ship less than I like the interior, which I think looks pretty cool and kind of on par for what I think, you know, the first starship would look like, you know, those, those step over barriers, I think makes sense to me. Submarine-ish. That's exactly what it evokes. Um, Yeah. I think it has some of those real world sensibilities and we might be dumb enough to do something like that in the future. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how many bloopers there are where they actually tripped on that. 
And trip, I don't trips? mean trip tripping. I, see, 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 we always think alike, buddy. I love that. Awesome. Scares the bejesus out of me. Sarah, thank you so much. Um, we are so psyched to have you as a part of the Trek Geeks family. Yes. We are overjoyed that you are watching this series and, and telling us your thoughts on discovering Trek Enterprise. Where might those people on social media find you if they were looking? Well, on Twitter, there's uh, Trek Rewind, uh, which is um, kind of the page for the Trek Rewind podcast I do, but it also seems to be a little bit of the discovering, a little just Trek in general. So look for me there. Going to be recording with Haley pretty soon. Menage nice. Troy. Look out. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> man. We're, we're switching it up this time, too. I'm going to write the synopsis for her to read, and she doesn't get to read it in advance. <laughs> oh, God. So, so taking a page out of Bill's book, if it's a bad episode, episode is it going to be Menage Troy? <laughs> Whoa. Oh. Who's this guy? Ba-boom. He's the guy wah, that wah, does wah, wah, wah. crappy farkisms. <laughs> uh, I, uh, Rewind is, is probably one of my guilty pleasure podcasts because I can listen to it and laugh my ass off and have a great time every time um, because it's just about celebrating what you love about this show, what's about mm-hmm. TNG. And I'm here for it all day long. I'm so glad it's a part of the network. And uh, I'm so glad that, that you and Haley still do it um, yeah. with song breaks and all. I'm so, I'm so <laughs> glad that you guys haven't gotten rid of us yet. No, no way. I refuse to tell anybody at work what podcast I do. <laughs> you don't get rid of the moneymaker. That's it. That's it. People it's, aren't here for us. It's embarrassing, but we have fun. It's, it's awesome not as, and we love you. It's not as embarrassing as Dan is. Don't you worry. True. Mm. Well, Dan, so concludes another fan favorite see it or skip it it's always always fun to do this even when maybe the season of star trek isn't as strong perhaps Mm, right um but i I look forward to seeing how enterprise is going to grow on us because you we know it will because we love the show Uh, absolutely i mean we we said it a couple of times during the discussion with sarah who was a joy by the way um it it, just because we did not rank this as the highest season we've ever seen doesn't mean that we're not going to watch it we're gonna watch it it's star trek it's enterprise we have vulcans we have andorians we have shran it's gonna happen um but you know so so take heart it doesn't mean we don't like enterprise because we do and we will and we'll love it more take faith of the heart thank you I've been doing it all year long. Finally, you did it. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I, that's my one. I, I got through. I made it till July. <laughs> uh, I hate that song with the 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 fire of a thousand suns. I'll make you do it again. Don't worry, it'll happen. No, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't. You know what? You will make me do though, Dan. What's that, buddy? You can make me listen to Five Year Mission anytime, any day of the week. <laughs> Twist your arm. And twice on Sundays because I love Five Year Mission. And I know so you do too. I do. We are huge fans of the band and we want everyone to become a huge fan of the band. They are all the music you hear on Trek Geeks and on various podcasts throughout the Trek Geeks podcast network, Dan, including, wait for it, Five Year Mission, the podcast, a Trek Geeks network podcast, a fantastic show, which we love. And well, we just can't get enough of those guys. What can we say, right? So five year mission, aptly named. Great job with that, by the way. Congratulations. (laughs) Um, So head on out to fiveyearmission.net, get all their CDs, become a huge fan of the band because we are ourselves. We just, we know you're going to love them. That's what it comes down to, Dan. It's not really hard to love them because they're fantastic and they're awesome. 
unlike your face. Anyway, um, I, 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 it's funny. I think we mentioned this during our discussion with Sarah. And there was this one episode of TNG. Even though we talked Enterprise, I, I wanted to throw in a TNG uh, memory today because it was wonderful. I know you remember it, Bill. It was that episode. It was the time that Picard had to fight to, air quotes here, win back his beloved drummer from a deranged roadie. It was great. He had like this awesome Shakespearean type poetry. Something. <clears throat> Here we go. <clears throat> My love is a fever, longing still for that which longer nurseth the disease. Shall I compare thine drumming to a summer's day? For thou percussion symphonies art more lovely and more temperate. When I have plucked the rose, I cannot give it vital growth again. Its needs must wither. The words that will forever fill mine heart, Bill, because it's the awesome episode, Menage a Fark. What? What is wrong with you? Are you are you damaged? Fever. Did you have a Did you have a firework go off too close to your head? Wither or something? <laughs> I'm withering right now in despair. <laughs> uh, that the heart I, wants I just what want, the heart wants, buddy. The heart does not want that. <laughs> you have no heart if you want that. <laughs> I just menage a fark. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a disgusting thought when you think about it, though, isn't it? Those are your words. Those are not <laughs> mine. <laughs> um, you're about to get a one week ban from farkism. No, that's not going to happen. I, that it can't could happen, happen because no I very easily happen. could delete it out of the, the <laughs> oh, podcast. Okay, so you would do it because you're mean. Well, I'm, I'm, I, I'm the executive giving, producer. I'm, I'm only giving fans what they want. You know, I'm just there for them. So, I would just like to point out that your last Farkism was not generally widely accepted as wonderful it, either. Uh, hey, you know what? I will say I struck out at the plate last time. You know, if I you strike out once when you're at bat for 263 episodes, you're still doing pretty good. You've struck out 263 <laughs> times, my friend. <laughs> wow. Like you're about to get booted from a minor league team. Oh, ouch. I'm no Roger Dorn. What can I say? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Uh, I saw an eagle. Um, Fiveyearmission.net, please. Ignore Dan's Farkisms. Just go get the band's music, please. We're begging you. Because Dan's Farkisms, like Dan himself, sucks. (laughs) Of course, don't forget, you can support the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to us on Patreon, Dan. We've We've got so many great Patreons. Yeah. Uh, patrioticals, as we like to call them, mm-hmm. patrionical type life forms. And we're so grateful for their support each and every week. Um, it, it's, it, it's meant a lot to us over the past few years, and we're looking forward to the future. Yeah, it, it really has meant a lot. I got to say, you know, during the pandemic, we totally understood that times were tough, a lot tougher than normal. And and both you and I, Bill, knew that maybe supporting a podcast network wasn't the most important thing to spend money on. Bill and I are just so humbled and so appreciative to every single person who continues to support the network. We know that some folks just had to keep their eye on the bottom line, and we totally get it. And we want to say we always look forward to welcoming you back if you ever have the opportunity. Our turbo lift doors are always open. Uh, but right now, we want to thank our associate producers for Trek Geeks. We are so thankful for their support. And they are Vikram Bhatt, Luke Burnham, Brad DeMag, William Edward M. Jr., Patrick Escudero, Brandon Everidge, Andy Fark, Kimberly Francis, Jonathan Hamilton, Ryan Jeffs, 
John Krikorian, Sean Lynn, Jamie McGregor, Aaron Mollenkoff, Casey Pettit, Helen Reed, Tim Robertson, Greg Rozier, Sarah Rutlinger, Sir Eric Sakian, Adam Sanders, Tim Serdar, Samuel Slade, Heather Sohn, Blake Strike, Rick Tatro, Lisa Tomlinson, Jessica Dax Vincent, Ron Robel, and the gracious and wonderful Connie Hutchins. Nicely done, Dan. Of course, we want to thank our Trek Geeks producers for their support, too. Big breath here. Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Andy Davenport, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, Trek Geeks fan number one, just ask her, I swear, David Hood, Julianne Jordan, Lionel Marchand, Rick Mason, Matt McGonagall, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Casey Shasky, Jim Stoffel, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Fashon. Dan, the senior producer of Trek Geeks, is the joyfully jubilant Jude Tatman. Absolutely. And you too can become a producer of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, and it is so easy to do. Head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all the details. For more great Star Trek discussion, Dan, we want to remind everyone to check out the other member podcasts of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. In addition to, let's see, uh, just off the top of my head here, there's Discovering Trek, there's Rewind or Rewind, depending on mm-hmm. how you look at it, mm-hmm. Polytrek's Five-Year Mission, Deep Space Pride, Infinite Trek, The Divine Treasury, Sci-Fi Sisters, and in the coming days, with the first link with Matthew and Ruthie, as well as Science Station 2 with Haley Stoddard. They're both amazing shows, and we hope that you'll absolutely check them out as soon as they're out there. You can find all our podcasts, including where to listen, by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network. No one talks Trek like we do. Of course, it would be really helpful if I read the copy beforehand. And of course, for all the news on all the Star Trek show, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode number 263 of the Trek Geeks podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. Pluto and back in six coconuts. I'm sorry, what? Hmm. Exactly. That's not a lot. I mean, I, I don't think you'd get to Pluto in six coconuts. But it would taste good. No, it would, it would taste like crap. Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Trek Geeks is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Hello, Dan, and bing bong. Great telling you there, buddy. That's a good friend. It's a bush skin. Bing bong. <laughs> That's Gaelic or Irish or something, um, I think. I'm not positive, but I'm going with it. It's it's Gaelic gibberish. <laughs> but isn't that always what I do? I mean, I'm not going to besmirch Gaelic. It's a beautiful language it that is. I don't know how to speak. But uh, it, that sounded more gibberish-like than actual Gaelic at times. Uh, I like Anya.
And I can't understand what she says in most of her songs anyway, so that's pretty much what I just did. Enya? Enya, Anya. It's, it's sort of like scallops, scallops, you know. It's really not. <laughs> it's really not. No. Tomato, tomato. Tomato, no. tomato. Hey, buddy. How you doing? You got a happy. Po- you got a gorgeous woman behind you there. She is. She's a leggy blonde. Yeah. Um, she's a little furry, though. Yeah. Uh, no. Poor. We're talking about my dog, Abby, who Dan can see on the camera above my right shoulder, uh, who is just passed out on the love seat in our home office. Um she has had a rough few nights. Uh, yeah. So uh, around uh, U.S. Independence Day. So for those of you outside the United States, Independence Day was Sunday, which meant that Monday was a holiday for most of of American businesses. And um, each of those three nights have been people just uh, as amateur pyrotechnicians. The interesting thing is that for th- two of those nights here in my town, it rained. Poured. And it rained hard. Yeah. Yep. Last night, though, was like, it was, I feel bad for anyone, any combat veteran with PTSD who Mm -hmm. may live in the area. It sounded like a war zone all night long. It was crazy. We had people literally across the street launching stuff off that was like, it's not just like bottle rockets and firecrackers. These were like giant fireworks going off. Um, Another one just across the woods from us was doing them. Uh, The other night in the rain, which you stayed, which I just have no idea why people would do that. And it's dangerous. I mean... I just read yesterday that the goalie for an NHL team was killed when a mortar hit him in the chest on yeah. Monday. I mean, these are dangerous things, and and you're right. It's it's you know, uh, people suffer from from PTSD with those things going off. Dogs hate it. I just I, maybe it's my old age, but I've grown so weary of the fireworks that people light off uh, constantly for days before and days after Independence Day. Go to the park where cities and towns put on licensed shows and enjoy that. But, oh, it's it's just such a drag. It really is. You know what's ruined me for for at-home fireworks and for small-town displays? Disney. Oh, yeah. Um, because the fireworks show at Epcot, Illuminations, when that was still running, mm-hmm. made me – I mean, I love fireworks. I love the 4th of July as a holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact, I mean, even more so than Christmas because it's not cold. You don't have to give anybody presents and there's not going to be a chance of snow. <laughs> That's why it was always my favorite. That's awesome. But, you know, I mean, I've been to the fireworks in Washington, D.C. for the 4th of July twice. Mm-hmm. And still, Illuminations at Epcot brought me to tears. It was that beautiful a display. Disney has ruined me forever for fireworks, and now I don't want to watch fireworks anywhere else. And they've got a new one coming to replace Illuminations that they've been testing, and it's going to be pretty spectacular, I think, also. I mean, they got gigantic things now in the lagoon at Epcot yeah. that are permanent, but they also have water towers that are going to kind of hide them during the day. Um, but they're gigantic, so and they've been testing it. And I also used to love Wishes at Magic Kingdom. That was great. Nowadays, I never saw that one. It, it, was, it was fantastic because they'd have a story going on to it. But now what they do, and I, I still have been trying to read the science and how they do it, they have this imagery that puts stuff on top in front of the castle, like on the castle. So you have layered stories being shown on the castle, like a giant movie screen. It's fantastic. And it's, it's, so wishes doesn't happen anymore. I I miss that one. As a matter of fact, when we had a boat at the lake, it was called wishes because of the fireworks display. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, But yeah, Disney, you're right. It's ruined us forever for, for good shows. Yeah. And so now all you get are these, uh, these yahoos, you know, who, who just want to, shoot off M80s and, and right. bottle rockets. And yep. 
I, I tell you, I, I felt for every dog, every person with PTSD. Because, I mean, Abby gets treats all throughout the fireworks. She mm-hmm. hears a boom, she gets a treat. Yep. That's how she, you know, we've desensitized her right. over the years. Which is great. But I tell you what, <laughs> the last three nights, she's gone to bed with a full belly. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've been very lucky the last year, even though it's unfortunate. It doesn't bother Aria very much. And it used to bother Callie a lot, but she's deaf now, so she doesn't hear it. So as long what? as she doesn't see the <laughs> nice, as long as she doesn't see the flashes outside, doesn't bother at all. It's like thunder. She used to hate thunder, but as long as she doesn't see the lightning, thunder doesn't bother her. So it's kind of the same thing. I used to love, and somebody does it every year. Somebody posts a picture on Facebook every year of a soldier underneath a window, kind of cowering with a dog wrapped in their arms. Yeah. About you know, you know, please be you know, be sensitive to people that don't like it. So I've always loved that picture. Anyway. Wow. We certainly, yeah. uh, we certainly got to some serious stuff. So happy fourth. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> happy, happy non-fourth. Yeah. Although the fireworks are still going to be shooting off through right. this week into the weekend. Yeah. I've got at least another seven days of it. Um, as we record this, Mon Frere, mm. we are 34 days away from fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, and Creation's 55-year mission tour. How do you feel? I feel pretty good. We'd never made it like a special thing out of the 47th day, which we probably should have. I just thought of that. So my bad. Um, I did at home. Oh, okay. Did a little, you, had a little, you did a little dance. Yeah, okay. Put yeah. some pants on finally. Yeah, that's No, hell no. No? Oh, okay. Even better. Um, yeah, it's 34 days. Oh, my God. That's We're awesome. just over a month. It's fantastic. It's great because I got a four-day weekend this week. I got a three-day weekend coming up. I got a three-day weekend after that. Then two weeks in Vegas. <laughs> well, we should say that's 34 days till you and I arrive on site to do a buttload of work. A lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. And I will be I will be directing you stellarly. You're the one that's taller. You're going to get all the uh, the up high things. <laughs> yes. We got to bring some clamps. <laughs> I'm like a T-Rex. I'm short with no arms. <laughs> yes. And you're scaly and you bite people. Hey, well, I've I've got worked on the biting. It's gotten a lot better. Now I can show you some marks on my arm. <laughs> i'm amazed i got that high it's, it's gonna yeah it's gonna it's, it's gonna usually be, your knee it's gonna be fun i cannot wait it's gonna be i can't wait for the flight out the flight out's gonna be fun in itself because we're gonna be so excited because it's been too long since we've done this you know here's the thing i mean you and i it's not like we 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 drink to excess at all in our lives we just don't we enjoy the no. occasional cocktail yeah but historically on the plane we've we've had a couple of cocktails on the way out for vegas mm-hmm. it's really the only flight i ever drink on yeah there's no other flight in the world that I will have a, an alcoholic beverage on. We're supposed to still wear our masks on the planes. It's going to cut into our drinking time. Ah, uh, yeah, but you can lift up, take a sip, and then put it back down again. I've been to Disney. You, you a few seem times, to be so. practiced at this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not with alcohol, but with regular drinks. But yeah, so it's still it's still going to be great. I can't wait. I'm gonna. I haven't. I know you have finally beaten me in something. I've beaten you in life, but that's yeah. a different story. <laughs> You've started packing already. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't started packing yet. Historically, the past few years, because you've been what now? What six or seven years? Six years? This will be my sixth, I think. Okay. Yeah. You've beaten me to packing mm-hmm. almost each of those last years. Yeah. Um, I've got two years worth of of packing anxiety <laughs> to unload. No <laughs> pun intended. And I am I'm ready. Yes. Like you I'm were born ready. ready. I'm a little scared. Why? Why are you scared? Well, because pal? we're st- it's life after COVID. I mean, oh, that's true. Yeah. You know, the vaccine works, but I mean, it doesn't necessarily keep you from getting COVID. It just mm-hmm. makes it less intense. I still, you know, th- there's still that in the back of my mind that, oh, hey. I'll be your shield. <laughs> <A> human shield. 
<laughs> just don't breathe on me, please. Oh, all right. Well, I was going to be. I mean, like in you. general. Oh. In general. Brush okay. your teeth or something. <laughs> brush that tongue. I, really. I, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I do a brush Abby tongue every night, looked, actually. Yeah. Abby just looked up from the sofa. Is like, did. what are you talking about? Then so she now she's head back looking down. at the floor. You got a chipmunk running around in there or something? Oh, no. She likes to sleep with her head hanging <laughs> off the love seat. That's funny because my dog likes to hang out of the bed. Half of her body is outside of the bed and half her body is inside. It's pretty funny. Aria. Yeah. yeah. I love dogs. I really They're do. fantastic. Dogs are wonderful. They're better than most people. That's true. I mean, that goes yeah. without saying. Yeah. Yeah. Except you, present company accepted, of course. I wish I could say that. Oh, wow. That's wow. <laughs> Mm. Wow, you heard that. You're right here. You're not right as here. deaf as your dog. That's no, amazing. What? Wow. He's huh? <laughs> okay. Yep. Nice. That was very nice. Oh, okay. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose we should consider actually doing the podcast ah, at some point. I mean, yes. we could do this all night long and we probably could. have. Yeah. Oh, um, I got one more thing to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Because I always like to talk about different things than Star Trek when we're doing the outro. Yeah. I can't wait. Today, as you know, I am very excited about um, my Lego Infinity Gauntlet, which will be coming soon. Probably yes. right before Vegas it'll arrive. So you I'll shall. have to stare at it and not do anything with it until I get back from Vegas. Today, thanks to you, I ordered the light set for it, which I cannot <laughs> wait because I'm like, I actually said after I ordered, I'm like, God, I wish there was a way that I could light up the Infinity Stones. And you found a site somehow, I forget if it was you or your wife, and sent me the link for the, t- for the Infinity Stones to light up. They had a sale today, so I ordered the set. I ordered the light set today, just right before we started recording. I'm so excited! I bought a light set for my Lego Las Vegas. Or mm-hmm. I should say, I didn't buy it. My wife did. Mm-hmm. And so I've known about that site for a while. Um, and then when I saw a Facebook ad for the Infinity Gauntlet, I'm like, oh boy, I know someone's <laughs> going to need this. Um Getting those wires tucked in is very detailed. Okay. Um, and you have to be really careful to not break the wire. Yeah, that's what I'm concerned about. Yeah. Um, so. so, yeah, it's it may take a little more time to do some of the, that assembly. That's okay. But once it's done, man, it's going to look... It's gonna look killer, and I get the the version of the wiring that you get a little switch, so you can actually yeah, I do too switch. So yeah, I'm very excited about it. I'll have my grandpa glasses on, so I'll be able to see really well. I'll have some tweezers. Um, I, I can't wait. It's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a project. <laughs> yeah, uh, loving it, loving it. I can't wait to see how it comes out. I can't wait to get your messages of frustration through Facebook Messenger. <laughs> yes, I will send them. Swearing a blue streak. What the f is this blue wire? Red wire? Do I cut the blue wire? Do I cut the red wire, Murtaugh? Which one do I do? Come on. Three, two, one, go. go or yeah, three, exactly. One, two, three, go. On three. Oh, yeah. Okay. Speaking Fine, I think of we which. We did that earlier in the show. We did. Speaking yeah, of which, yeah. the passing of, of Mr. Donner yesterday. Dick Donner, yeah. It was very sad. Yep. Great movies. Great movies. A lot of good stuff. Superman, Lethal Weapon, The Goonies, all kinds of good stuff. I was never a big fan of The Goonies. I wasn't either, but I know it's it's like a cult classic. But um, love, the Super- I love the original Superman. Oh, he did The Omen? I did he not did know that. He did The Omen, my oh, friend. All right. There you go. Yeah. It's uh, just so many Legend. great films. Yeah. Um, yeah. 91 yeah. years old. 91. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's end it on a good note. Your face is a good note. There we go. See? So you want to end my face? I don't understand. No, no, no. So, see, I always Shut up and let's do this. take it the wrong way. Okay. Shut up. Here we go. <laughs>